Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Now, if you ever watched any of the shows on Shark Week, and you have, we all have, they're ridiculously popular, uh, you no doubt know that sharks will travel thousands and thousands of miles to return to specific areas in the ocean. So the obvious question is, how, how do they do it? <laughs> how do they know where they're going? And uh, it appears we may have taken a giant step forward to answering that question. Brian Keller is a marine policy specialist and one of the authors into the study into shark navigation. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Jay, for having me. It's exciting. It's very, very cool, yeah. And basically, I mean, just to sum it up in layman's terms, is you've determined that sharks have sort of a built-in GPS navigation system, right? Yeah, that's correct. We've known for about 50 years that sharks have the ability to detect the magnetic field. Um, But what wasn't resolved was if they use that ability to infer their location to aid in navigation efforts. Okay, so the the question I have, how how do you test that? How do you determine? I mean, sharks are probably not the most easy to work with subjects in terms of these kinds of tests. How, How do you test this in sharks? Yeah, it's a great question. So the method is called the magnetic displacement. So we make this large apparatus. It's about the size of a bedroom. And we use over a mile of copper wire to wrap these lumber frames. And a tank goes in the center of that system. Um, and the animals go inside. So like you said, if you know, you're know you testing small hatchling fish or baby turtles, it's, it's a lot easier due to the size <laughs> of the animal. But for the sharks, it becomes you know, a little more problematic. So we had to be pretty particular with the species we selected. So how do you conduct the test? You put, you put the animal into this tank with all of this yep. magnetic uh, ability to change the magnetic field around it. And, and how do you sort of determine what it does based on magnetic impulses? Yeah, exactly. So we put the animal in the, in the magneto cube is what we call it. <laughs> um, and ba- based upon how much power is supplied to that cube, the magnetic field within the cube changes. And we can measure the magnetic field and have that match pretty much any location on Earth um, just based on the magnetic field. And then we record the animal's behavior from above with the camera and use software tracking um, to analyze their behavior. And that's how we, you know, we're able to draw our conclusions that they use the Earth's magnetic field to orient towards target locations. How do you know what their target location is, though, when they're in the tank? How do, where are they trying to get Great to? Great question. Yeah, that's, that's a really key point. So one of the, the reasons we had to pick the bonnethead shark is because they have described site fidelity. And what that means is every year the bonnethead goes back to the same estuaries after a migration that can sometimes be over 1,000 kilometers. So we know that the bonnethead has the capability of remembering a location and navigating back to it. So we caught these sharks when they were in their summer homes or their summer residences and then we exposed them to conditions about 600 kilometers south that represent that location. Gotcha. Um, so they, they oriented to try to get back to that target location, which they do every year as part of their annual migration. Gotcha. Okay, I see what you're saying. Now, in terms of the way that they use this system that they have, um, do they use it strictly for navigation, or can they also? is it so fine-tuned that they can tell, like, like you say, they'll, they'll return to very specific locations. Will they know when they get there based on 
the magnetic field that's around them? Like, so they use it not only to tell them what direction to go, but also when they've got where they were going? So it is possible. There's some species out there um, that use the magnetic field for very fine-scaled movements, but for sharks, it's not really understood yet. Uh, as of now, there's been research from Jane Gardner and Andy Nozel that have shown when sharks get really close to target locations, they likely rely on olfaction or the sense of smell. Okay. Um, that's similar to salmon, too. Yeah, there are other, other species that navigate huge distances. Is it all based on magnetic fields, do we know, or is sharks uh, an outlier here? Actually, this is really filling in the gaps and adding sharks to the list. So um, marine turtles, Pacific salmon, eels, even spiny lobster have all been shown to use the Earth's magnetic field uh, to help them with navigating. What do we do with this research? It's very cool and it's fascinating and a whole lot of fun to talk about, but um, what can we do with it? Well, yeah, first, you know, it is. I think it is pretty cool. That's one of the, the things I like to focus on is it's really expanding scientific insight. But it's, as far as the practicality of it, another component of the study we uh, did was looking at the genetics of the animals. So we looked at the DNA from the mother and the DNA from both parents. And we found that the magnetic field, the habitats where these animals were sampled, um, accounts for more genetic variability in DNA inherited from the mother. So that suggests that on an evolutionary time scale, the mothers may using the magnetic field to assist them in habitat selection. So what that means is perhaps for larger species like the shortfin mako that, you know, may traverse the entire Atlantic Ocean, we can use the magnetic field to better understand stock structure. Wild. Now, you did this in bonnet heads, right? Um, can we extrapolate yeah. that most sharks, if not all sharks, have this same capability? Yeah, so I, you know, there's about 500 plus species of sharks out there. You know, many of them we would never lay our eyes on. They live deep down in the ocean. Um, so I, I don't know if we'd want to say all, but we do expect that this research would apply to many species. Um, and there's a couple reasons for that, but the biggest one might be that the ability to detect the magnetic field and to be trained to respond to the magnetic field has been shown in many, many species of sharks, okay. skates, and rays. Um, but this is the first time we've shown those abilities are actually used to infer their location. Question from one of our listeners, which is a good question. Um, do magnetic fields change over time or are they constant? Or will sharks suddenly, you know, over the years end up moving to different locations because the magnetic fields have changed? Yeah, really interesting question there. They certainly do change um, as, as, you know, practically speaking, they're constant. Um, you know, when we're t talking about the changes, we're looking at geologic time scale, right? So mm -hmm. it might take tens of thousands of years if we were going to see a switch of the magnetic field. Um, but there are we call the secular variations from year to year. And in Pacific salmon, um, that has actually been shown to affect the generational returns to the, the stream. So, you know, when the fish grow up, they go to sea and they come back home. Yep. They use magnetics to find home. If the fields have changed, they might take a different route to go home because the magnetic fields are slightly different. Pretty interesting work. Wow, very cool. So when we talk about, you know, the returning to the great white spawning grounds, that's how they're doing it. They're following the magnetic field, and, and, and it's almost instinctual, right? Like, there's not a lot of thought going on in the shark and saying, oh, this, yeah. this, I'm receiving, they're just sort of reacting to the stimulus. Right. It's hard to imagine, right, because we can't do it. Yeah. Um, and I've spent a, a lot of time trying to think about it. And maybe the best example I have, and maybe other folks will think of better examples or think this is a bad one, but if you are in a really cold room, shivering, 
wet, freezing, and someone turned on a heater on the other side of the room, you wouldn't have to like go through a thought process. Right. Like, man, it's really warm out there. I wonder if I should go over there. You just go. Excellent. That that yeah, that makes that paints the picture. I appreciate it. Brian, great stuff. Thanks so much for calling today. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. That is Brian Keller, who uh, is a shark scientist. That's what he does. Pretty cool job. He's a marine policy specialist and one of the authors into this study in shark navigation.